0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: The Super Media Bros podcast is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network.
0: Super Media Bros.
2: Fucker, what was that? That would be 1987 and
1: 1997 DC, sir. Okay. All right. Well, uh can we not do that again? Oh no, we're we're never
2: doing this again.
1: You promise? I fucking swear on everything. Okay, good.
2: Welcome to episode 216 of the Supermedia Bros podcast. I'm Richie. I'm Devin. And this is Colt Cinema Showdown 95. Batman and Robin versus Superman for the quest for peace. And we are on a quest for peace of mind because we just came off of the quest for the piece of shit.
1: Oh my God. Why did you,
2: why, why? Both of these were the fourth part of their respective franchises up into that point. Coincidentally, also the worst movies of each one.
1: Yes. There's no denying that. Uh, I've seen Batman and Robin a few times okay? Before this, the last time I had seen it was a few years ago when they first added it to Netflix. I got about 20 minutes in and turned it off and never, never thought that I would ever sit through this again.
2: Like, at that moment in time, you're just like, fucking finally, I'm done with this piece of shit. I never have to, like... Yeah, it was all sunshine and rainbows. It's like the ending of Evil Dead when Ash burns the book in the cabin, (laughs) and he's just walking out, and there's just this beautiful music playing and there's birds chirping and the sun is coming up. But then from a lone little leaf behind the cabin, Batman and Robin just gets up and force pushes its way through the
1: cabin. Just You just hear, "Ah!" that's you just screaming. So (laughs) as I was watching it, there was a lot of stuff that I forgot about in my childhood, but never in my life had I seen Superman four. I, think I watched the third one like once whenever I was really little, but the first two I, I watch fairly frequently. Love those.
2: Oh, dude, those are classics, and I don't know if you've seen the Donner cut of the second one. Of course. One. Oh, it's course. so good.
1: Dude, so good. So, as I was watching the fourth one, I realized, holy fuck, they made a movie worse than Batman and Robin. That's impressive.
2: And with that, we're going to get into Batman and Robin. Just, just so you can understand how heavy that statement that he just made is. Because if you think Batman and Robin is bad, just wait until we get to the other one. Holy crap. So the fact that Batman and Robin came on a decade later, right? Joel Schumacher, with his second run on a Batman film, having come off of Batman Forever. I want to preface this by saying to anybody out there listening that does not know this, which if you don't know this, I'm really surprised. Joel Schumacher has literally said I mean, he's dead now, rest in peace." but at the time, he said the like one of the only literal reasons this movie got made was to sell toys.:
1: And that makes sense because even as a little kid, I preferred the first two Batman movies, but I liked the toys that went to the three and four.:
2: I did too. I mean, I had the toys from the first two. But yeah, you're right there. These absolutely looked like action figures on screen. I mean, think about the color palette. Like if you go from Burton to Schumacher, which Schumacher had his own kind of style, though, like he liked vividness, like especially with these movies, he played with the color palettes really well.
1: Yeah. Like these are terrible films. Absolutely. But they're not ugly. Right. Is it isn't
2: that weird, though? Like how shit the scripts are and how some of the acting is well most of the acting but they're not like you said they're not bad to look at and I
1: don't get it like the shots aren't very good or creative but just the color palettes themselves and like the Batmobile it makes no sense Batman would never drive that
2: I I love the fact that they decided hey we're gonna put a disco ball on the fucking hood of this bitch have you seen that motherfucker yeah like like
1: somebody who's trying to lurk in the shadows and remain undetected and all of that for some reason i look i get that the adam west batman was running around in the daylight i i get it but also budgets different time period everything like here there's really no excuse they showed you you can make an at night batman movie so i don't i i can't defend it but it looked cool as a toy
2: yeah, and again, that's that's the whole point. Is it just me or has the Batman franchise kind of been about it's almost like bond in a way, like who's going to play the Batman, who's going to play the yes, villains. It's more or less I've like
1: always thought that yeah.
2: That's like one of the big selling points is who's going to play who. But really at this point, especially after Jim Carrey's really great run as the Riddler, Okay, like, who are going to get to play the next villains? I was curious about it, too. I remember being a kid, hearing that this movie was getting made. Damn you old as fuck. I know. I remember hearing about this movie getting made. And then when I saw they were casting Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, I was like, what the fuck? Even as a child, I was like,
1: this is what? Yeah, um, I don't... Okay, look... I'm glad we got all of the little one-liners and delivery and everything. Schwarzenegger will always have a little place in my heart. Same. Why the fuck do you have a live-action Batman movie with Bane in it? You cast Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he's not playing Bane. Because he wears a mask.
2: Oh, you really think that's it? I'm telling you... What did we just say on this on the last episode? That's true. We we literally just talked about this where it's like these studios hire these actors and they're like, we got to show their face. We're paying all this money. I mean, look at Batman and Robin themselves, the characters.
1: Robin just has a domino mask over his face, dude. I know, but even though he's too big of a star to say this, I'd like to think that Arnold is above that.
2: I don't know. I think he wanted to do the to the scenery, kind of be that over-the-top dumbass. Really? Seriously? Think about the fact that he'd he'd done Last Action Hero a little bit before this. You know what? He was doing comedies around this time.
1: I have a question. Yeah. Okay, say that he was Bane. If they went with a mask that revealed more of his face or even no mask at all, but everything else was very Bane-esque, where would we be?
2: I don't know, dude. I w- I wouldn't want to see Bane without the mask. I mean I wh- wouldn't either. I mean Tom Hardy's run as Bane in The Dark Knight Rises was maskless enough as it was, but it was still decent.
1: Well, that's where I'm getting at, okay? No mask is the most realistic of the two options. But also bear in mind he had his face completely painted in this. True. So let's say Tom Hardy level of covering but a different mask.
2: Okay, so eyes, letting his maybe yeah. letting his eyes emote just okay, I could see that but at the same time Unless he went full-blown serious, I would not be able to do it. I could not fucking do it. Because the way they portrayed Bane in this movie pisses me off so much.
1: It does to me too, but also it's mildly amusing. A little bit.
2: I mean, I get this movie was supposed to be camp. I mean, look, it's George Clooney. It's Chris O'Donnell. It's Uma Thurman, Alicia Silverstone, Schwarzenegger. At the time that this came out, This was a loaded-ass film as far as actors go.
1: Right, And still
2: could be considered to this day. I think so, yeah. Think about the fact that Clooney is a two-time Oscar winner, okay? This motherfucker has played Batman,
1: and he phoned it in so bad. Which is funny to me, because he could be a really good Bruce Wayne at the very least.
2: Bruce Wayne essentially was just Clooney being Clooney on camera, dude.
1: Look, can I can can I say something nice? Because it's so easy to trash these. Sure. For once I'm being the nice one of the two of us. Clooney was himself on screen and um he was charming. I'm not
2: saying he wasn't. I'm just saying that all he had to do to play Bruce Wayne is just be himself. And I wasn't saying it was bad.
1: Yeah. He's I- a decent
2: Bruce Wayne.
1: But now that you got me thinking more and more, I'm I'm reaching, man. It's no, rough. No. Yeah, it's pretty fucking rough.
2: I mean, Uma Thurman did uh, a fantastic job as, as Poison Ivy as far as just chewing the scenery. I mean, the
1: villains yeah. did that
2: greatly here.
1: Well, that's a, the story for, I feel like, every Batman movie ever made. Mm. Like, from every era. Even the worst to the best. They always have a blast doing it. I think it's because most of these roles...
2: Bad as they are sometimes, like this being a prime example, or as good as they are with the Batman. They, okay, Colin Farrell's run as the penguin and then Schwarzenegger as Freeze, it's the same energy. You have to admit, it's almost the same yeah. energy, but the fact that we have seen Batman and Robin portrayed the way that it is corny as all hell and campy. That's what gave it the shit edge. <laughs> And the fact that Colin Farrell just disappears as the Penguin but just embraced the zaniness of it has made it great. Schwarzenegger just didn't... And the whole... Doesn't help. <laughs>
1: no, it certainly doesn't.
2: Uh, Chris O'Donnell is a piss-poor Robin, though. God damn. I, I cannot buy a 32-year-old man trying to be a teen. I just I can't. I cannot do it.
1: Not only that, but... I never liked the suit that they went with, even in forever. I Okay, for this one, I I guess they were trying to do this weird Robin-Nightwing hybrid. I caught that, too. I thought, like, as
2: a child, I was like, okay, is this Robin or is this Nightwing? Because the way that they have the logo barreled across the chest, I was like, okay, that's just Nightwing but red.
1: I think what they were trying to go for was... Well, he's too old for Robin, but he hasn't found his Nightwing yet. I guess that's what they're going for. Yeah. But I don't like it.
2: I didn't either. And look, this could have been easily a 1966 Batman episode.
1: I've heard theories that it's supposed to be.
2: This is really like a 1997 update of the TV series. I swear to God, that's what I thought when I watched this the first time. Mr. Freeze just wants to freeze the fucking earth which i think is hilarious he wants to turn the world into an ice age but pamela ivy wants the plants to take over too and the plants would die in the cold but they have a partnership
1: yeah i kind of want an alternate version of this movie where they actually win and then you see the conflict
2: and then they fucking they they have infighting and they just war Yeah. yeah i would love to see that and then he got Bane's dumb ass, which he's fueled by. Okay, let's talk about the shit they did get right about Bane, okay? They got the suit right. They uh-huh. got the muscles right. Yeah. The mask. Mm-hmm. The the venom. I mean, he looked like... I didn't mind the fact that they kind of green-toned him a bit to where it looks like he's just filled with this shit. and He's just this
1: rage yeah, monster. No, that was actually visually kind of cool because it, scientifically, that would make sense. Right.
2: I can buy that. I could,
1: too. And,
2: dude... Biggest issue I had was that they just turned him into this dumbass. Like Bane in the comics was of like Mexican or like Latino descent was yes. very brute, but smart.
1: Very. Yes. And that's what I always loved about Bane in the comics is that he was both brains and brawn. He right. could take Batman to his limit in every capacity. Yeah. And that's
2: why he was always such a great, formidable opponent for him. Mm hmm. He's kind of like the sideshow clown in this one where it's like a scene in Looney Tunes or some shit where like you sneak around and tie his shoelaces together and the dumbass will fall the fuck over and that's just it for him. <laughs> you know? Hey, Bane. <coughs> yeah, like that's that's it. That's all. Poor Bane. They, they ruined him. Now, the other issues that I have, which there are a shitload, but one of the main ones I have is the fact that we're going to take... Barbara. And we're going to name her Barbara Wilson. She ain't Barbara Gordon. I caught
1: that as well.
2: Look, she's she's Alfred's niece in this for fuck's sake.
1: That's my thing. There have been continuities where Barbara Gordon is not actually Commissioner Gordon's daughter. So, if you wanted to play around with that, cool. Be my guest. Changing her last name, I'm like, Now it's a completely different character. What is the point? That's a little weird. It's stupid. Well, whatever. Wait, now she's related to Alfred. Why? What did that have? Why did there need to be any connection to this?
2: I don't know, dude. Like, it's like they needed a reason for her to come in. And then like Pat Hingle wasn't just he just wasn't a good commissioner. Gordon throughout any of the God. And I'm sorry to say this. That's the one thing I didn't I didn't like about any of the Burton movies or the Schumacher films is that the Commissioner Gordon in these movies was just there. He didn't really serve a purpose. He was just this guy.
1: That's fair. But I'm just like, I understand that later on their, their relation kind of benefited the plot a little bit because of the photograph and the signature. I, I understand that but I don't like it.
2: I just saw something and I want you to see it too. Okay. I want you to go to Wikipedia on your phone as we're doing this. Oh God. Okay. I want you to look at the guy that played Bane in this movie. Okay. His professional wrestling names were Jeep Swinson, Jeep, the mercenary, the <laughs> final solution and the ultimate solution. But his name is Robert Swinson. S W E N S O N. Okay. I want you to look at this motherfucker's wide-ass chest and his head and the photograph that they used for this fucking thing. I, I, I just, I just want to see your reaction because I, I, I almost died laughing. <laughs> <laughs> no! Stop. They did this man dirty. He died the year this movie came out, dude. This is what he what? is best known for. He was what? 40.
1: Why is that his photograph? Why is he getting his chesticles rubbed by his wife and daughter? Why is
2: his head shaped like a fucking dot? Like the
1: candy. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, my God. Why he look like Drix from Osmosis Jones. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Bro, look at this
1: motherfucker. Hold on. Hold on. Let me look up Drix. Hold on. Fucking god damn look at the fucking ratio The head to to shoulder ratio man Look at this shit Oh my fucking god Bro why he built like that Jesus Christ Fucking Ronnie Coleman head ass (laughs) I'm fascinated Dude this movie
2: came out on June 12th 1997 this man died August 18th, 1997 at 40 of heart failure. But listen, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to like make fun of this dude dying. Cause it does suck that he's dead, but listen to this shit. Okay. He died of a heart attack at the UCLA medical center at 40. And, and I swear to God, this is on his fucking Wikipedia. He was an avid user of steroids and started to use them in his early twenties. Because of this, he could not, he reportedly could not shower properly, put on a shirt or walk upstairs.
1: And four years after his death, he came back to life as Drix. Yes. Cool.
2: He was lug wrenching No Holds Barred, dude. He was one of the fucking... No kidding. Yeah, he was one of the bar fights in that movie. So, yeah, I... God, God damn, man, that fucker... He roided himself to death. like, And, that, and that's the sad part about it, really.
1: It, it is.
2: I just remembered something. Why Gotham got giant ass statues... That are as big as these buildings and why do these buildings just keep going? And is I there an actual street that. level in this fucking place? Cause it doesn't look like that. They just drive like all these really high bridges with no fucking side guardrails.
1: Did you notice that shit? Yeah, even as a kid, I I never understood the visual aesthetic to Gotham itself. In these movies,
2: I, uh, I, I didn't either, dude. Like, oh God, there's a scene where they're trying to the scene where they're chasing. Remember when the scene where they uh, they leave Robin on the bike on that one statue and he's yeah. pissed off. They're crashing through these statues and driving on. There's like this bridge. There's like no side railing. It's like a rainbow road and Mario Kart. <laughs> How did they not die? The laws of physics in this movie don't even matter. Help. In the beginning, when they bust out of that rocket and they just glide the fucking doors to the ground, they just, they don't, how? They they fall from way the fuck up.
1: Dude, I, I don't know. I can understand if there's one, just one statue. It still would have been weird. I think we still would have made fun of it. But I don't understand the purpose of, all of them, and that's actually a nitpick that I don't hear people talking about with these movies.
2: Yeah, I don't either. Man, I think it's time that they did. And it's not even just bad. One of the other nitpicks that I have with this son of a bitch is the fact that just conveniently, very, very conveniently, Mister Freeze is just walking around the fucking cure from McGregor syndrome in his goddamn left arm the whole time.
1: Yeah, uh, that's, that's
2: oddly specific.
1: Whenever I realized how dumb it was. I tried to justify it in my head of, well, maybe it's some kind of symbolic gesture and he's trying to something to do with it. It's really dumb. I got nothing.
2: Look y'all. The plot of this movie is really stupid. It's just a way to get all these characters on the screen. There's a bunch of dumb shit that happens. A bunch of dumbass fight scenes. There's a fucking ice skating scene in the beginning of this bitch for God's sake. The end of the movie takes place at the Gotham Observatory, and all these diamonds. That's what I thought was hilarious is that his whole ass suit is powered by diamonds.
1: What I find hilarious is that these diamonds are all set up right. Like they have a bunch of them, looking like fucking birth control pills and a little canister. They
2: fucking do. You talking about like that overhead shot where yeah. they're in a? Oh my fucking
1: god! Look, you're right. Look, they really do. Holy listen shit! Me. Listen to me, though. Explain this one. Riddle me this, Richie. Why on God's green earth did Gotham's art museum have a diamond in a case, glass case, on display like it was something special? But they had two or three dozen of them in the city. I got nothing. The size wasn't any different, so it wasn't that. Like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, none of this makes sense. And, buddy, Charlie, I know you're listening. You've been listening to the show lately. I appreciate that. You're my brother. I love you. But fuck you for liking this movie. To be fair, you admit that it's hot dookie garbage. You know that it's bad. But, bro, wh- why? Why do you hate yourself? And, and watch this. Do we, do we need to call a doctor? just start watching better movies yeah 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 but it's still better than Superman 4 look I'm pretty sure
2: everybody out there has seen Batman and Robin there was really no need to go front to back with this shit just to just have a conversation about it look a 2 hour and 5 minute film god that was, damn that was made between that was made for between 125 and 160 million dollars what the fuck and it only grossed $238.2 million at the box office. This movie single-handedly killed the Batman franchise until Batman Begins came out. Also, the cameo that Coolio had in this movie at that race that was happening? Guess what his character's name was? Oh god, what? Jonathan Crane. <coughs> he was supposed to reprise his role as Scarecrow in the cancelled sequel Batman Unchained. A.K.A. Batman Triumphant. Yeah, the stupidest fucking names I have ever heard in my entire goddamn life.
1: And that's the thing. Actually, it's it's funny because I'm bringing up the whole like Charlie thing and all that. We were all as a group talking about it, watching uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite last night as of this recording. It's last night. Uh, And I meant to bring up that they were going to make another movie. But I I kept my mouth shut because I couldn't for the life of me remember the name and you just reminded me of it so thank you for being 24 hours late
2: you're welcome i'm always here 24 hours later for your convenience yeah
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking asshole that's me but yeah this this
2: movie was uh this movie was uh, quite something holy shit we're going to take a couple steps back and just think about what we have done with our lives for about 3 minutes then we'll come back and talk about Superman for the quest for peace and probably check ourselves into a mental institution. You were listening to the super media bros on the OddPods media network. Holy shit. By now, you all know how essential the manscaped lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts to your most delicate areas. But now you can enhance your perfect grooming routine with their ultra premium collection. This package includes the Manscaped Premium deodorant. Like the ball deodorant? No, not for your balls, dude. Your armpits. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Manscaped does that? Yes. Since when? Since now. Really? Yes. This deodorant dries clear, is aluminum-free, and smells just like their signature scent. Oh. It also includes the hydrating body moisturizer.
1: I got eczema. Will that cure it?
2: Well, not... It's No. Because it's really bad. Well, if you have dry skin issues or if you have tattoos, it's designed to keep your skin feeling clean, smooth, and smelling fresh. Well, I have tattoos
1: and skin, and sometimes it gets dry. This is perfect. Next up is the body wash to
2: lather you up with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel.
1: Aloe vera
2: and sea salt?
1: I'm about to smell like the
2: ocean. And along with the body wash, their two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with an easy one step.
1: That does sound easy.
2: As always, Manscaped is going to toss in a free gift with this one. A three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. That's right. Four products and a free gift inside the ultra-premium collection. (laughs) What a score. Now I'm going to score. Well, I don't know if it's going to necessarily make you score, but it certainly will assist. (sighs) Uh, uh, I'll take what I can get. All of these products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, and dye-free. The best ingredients with zero compromise. Now, Devin, if you're actually looking to score, I can give you some tips to help you along the way. Okay, bet. First, wash your stanky ass with the body wash. Okay. Two, lather up your hair with a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. I don't have hair. Oh, okay, well, well, step two, just wax your dome with the shampoo and conditioner. Buffer, got it. Step three, dry off, then spray on the hydrating body moisturizer to reinvigorate your dry skin. What about my eczema basket? Well, no, this is not about your balls, Devin. This is about the upper half of your body.
1: That's important, too, I guess.
2: Step four, put on the Manscaped deodorant for obvious reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Step five, put that Manscaped lip balm on. Ain't nobody out here kissing chapped up lips, my dude. And of course, getting dressed after this is completely optional. Wear one great scent all day long. Get the ultra premium collection hot off the shelves and you can use our code super and get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. It's
1: almost a quarter.
2: Not quite, but almost. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with our code super. Are you sure it's not a quarter? Yes, I'm sure it's not a quarter. But with the free
1: shipping and everything, it might.
2: No, it's 20% off plus free shipping with our code super at manscaped.com. It's not a quarter. (laughs) All right, guys. Sorry about that. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped.
1: Just wondering if it was a quarter. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is
0: Michelle. From the Infectious Infectious Groove Groove Podcast.
1: Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it i'm
0: sure i'll say something dumb
1: subscribe to the infectious groove podcast part of the odd pods media network
0: with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
1: this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky
2: In that case, I
0: pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Let's fly into Superman 4, the quest for peace with the worst blue screen backdrop
1: ever. Oh, so we're going to fly, huh? Hopefully with more than one fucking shot.
2: No, we're going to use the same one because budgets. Oh,
1: okay. Can we at least... Figure out all of the uh, blue clippings?
2: No, we're going to have to leave it in. We don't have enough time. Enough time? We're going to have to cut like 40 minutes of footage out of this too.
1: Well, then what What are we going to have left?
2: About an hour and a half of special effect shots that have no real meaning.
1: Are the fight scenes at least going to be cool?
2: Uh, have you ever seen seven-year-olds slap fight each other on a playground at an elementary school?
1: Sad to say, yeah. That, that, that. Oh. oh fuck. Okay, look. Our
2: budget is 17 million dollars.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh adjusted for inflation. Okay. All right. There's no hope for this. Where is the budget going? We have to hire Christopher Reeve. Okay. All right. One of the best Superman to ever do it. Okay. Right. Okay.
2: But now we got a budget of about 350.
1: What? That Thou- 1000?
2: though, no, like, like, tree 50, like, three dollars, 50 cents. What the fuck? God damn it. Superman Ford The Quest for Peace got released in 1987. I wanted, I wanted to tell you something <laughs> that's gonna really fuck with you, okay? As okay. bad as this movie is, okay? Okay. Do you remember a 1965 movie called The Ipcris File with Michael Caine? Yeah. Yeah, the director won the fucking Palme d'Or at Cannes for this. This guy, this same guy fucking made this film. My, how people have
1: fallen. What year did you say this was? 1987. You mean the same year as fucking Predator? Yes. This came out the same year as Predator? Yes. How?
2: Because a company called Canon Films made this son of a bitch. Oh, you already know. Menahem Golan and Yoram Globus. Alright. Alright, let's get into it. The plot revolves around Superman trying to end the arms race by way of a child writing a letter to the Daily Planet getting pissed off because Superman hasn't stepped in yet. And Superman steps in by collecting all nuclear warheads from all these countries and flies them in outer space into this giant net or rocket condom if you will and yeets it into the
1: goddamn sun the first i would say quarter to half of that explanation sounds good in theory because when you really break down who superman is what he stands for that that would make sense especially as a period piece A kid being the one to write a letter. Angry. That, I can buy that being a motivation for Superman. Everything else past that. Motherfucker, what is this? First of all,
2: if Superman threw all these nuclear warheads into the fucking sun,
1: can you imagine the solar flare from that son of a bitch? Oh, there's no need to talk about space right now, because if you want to do that, we'll we'll talk about even more later on, whenever he defeats the villain. Yeah, we'll
2: get into that later. But right off the bat, this is not even scientifically plausible, like, that it would even end well. There's no fucking way. With all the fucking radiation that would probably come down... Fuck up our ozone layer from this shit, dude. Fuck your ozone layer. Fuck your life. Bing bong. Meanwhile, fucking Lex Luthor and his goddamn nephew, which this is hilarious, played by John Cryer, who ultimately becomes Lex Luthor himself in the Supergirl series that just happened. Can we talk about that scene real quick? How like meanwhile over there, he's breaking his uncle out of prison and the fucking car that he arrives in and puts the police to... Uh, God. No, I don't want to talk about it.
1: Too bad. Okay.
2: These inept guards get suckered into this vehicle. that He just happens to drive down... How did he get this car down into this rock quarry, first of all? Secondly, he puts these fuckers in this car and seals it shut and then sends it careening off of this cliff in this quarry cliff area thing. Off screen. It supposedly blows up, but these two bastards survive somehow, which I also would like to point out that the car itself is a toy car. The budget was so small, they couldn't even afford to get a piece of shit car to ramp off of a cliff, nor blow it up for real.
1: You know, the more I think back on what we witnessed in this movie, Batman and Robin was trash. Let's not kid ourselves. It was incoherent, but it was at least finished. This was not finished. It was not coherent. It was bland. It was choppy. It was boring. It was everything wrong with filmmaking, and yet it was released?
2: Yeah, and think about the fact that what we're saying right now— is a movie with Christopher Reeve. Arguably the Superman. The goddamn Superman. That every generation knows. My son knows Christopher Reeve as Superman,
1: dude. He's fucking 13 years old. Yeah, like, I don't understand how this happened. I understand the studio. I get it, but I don't understand how this was allowed.
2: Dude, the plot points in this
1: movie—the
2: un- one of the underplots—is that the Daily Planet is being taken over by this uh, tycoon who's got a monopoly on all like the newspapers and shit. And his daughter, who is the new editor, has a thing for Clark Kent. Which I will admit, the best part about this movie, and worst part about this movie, is also watching Christopher Reeve be a bumbling dork. Which is- he's good at being a bumbling dork as Clark Kent. It's great, honestly. Yeah but they spent way too much time on that subplot and also a lot of time semi-retconning that Lois Lane knows Clark Kent is Superman because at one point he kisses her to make her forget that he's fucking Superman. And He plays a lot of back and forth, but I want to talk about the film's villain, Nuclear Man. The big genius idea that Lex Luthor has is to break into this museum where they have Superman artifacts and Superman all kind of shit in there. They have a strand of his hair that is holding up a thousand pound ball on a hook to demonstrate how strong it is, because let's be honest, Superman is indestructible to the point that if a man wants to shave and cut his hair, he has to use a mirror and his fucking laser eyes to do the shit, okay? Lex Luthor rolls up into this museum with a pair of bolt cutters, just taps the glass that it's behind, which you'd think it would be bulletproof. I repeat, you would think it would be bulletproof. He cuts Superman's hair successfully with a pair of bolt cutters. I repeat, he cuts Superman's hair with a pair of bolt cutters easily.
1: He didn't even like have to force it. He didn't have to do a couple of jabs at it, nothing. I could buy this if it was kryptonite. Like all they had to do was spray paint those bolt cutters green and it would have, it would have been silly. Let's be honest. We would have made fun of it for the same reason that we made fun of Batman and Robin. It's campy. It's looks silly, but whatever it may, I would have bought it. These are just regular home Depot cutters. What the fuck is this? How are they able to cut Superman's hair? And by the way, whenever he cut it, the one thousand pound ball just flops, and it 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 even kind of rolled around a little bit after it made contact. It didn't bust through the the ground that it was underneath. It, uh, why would it just fall flat down? No, it's gonna roll a little bit in the wind because that's how physics works, right? You know the sound
2: it makes when you you kick a kickball
1: yeah what if it made that sound when it fucking hit just bro i i would have gotten up <laughs> i would have left <laughs> i would have just... said look you need to find a new co-host I, I'm done. <laughs> this is bullshit <laughs> fucking outie i love you like a little play cousin but we gotta go our separate ways here mm-hmm. man Lying motherfucker.
2: <laughs> no, for real.
1: I <laughs> know you're just like, no, for real. Not for real, cuz
2: <laughs> But no, he seriously takes his hair because his idea is, hey, I'm going to get these uh, potential investors in a business together. It's like, hey, uh, I would like to borrow one of your uh, nuclear missiles. I want to strap Superman's hair to this rocket with all this voodoo in a box bullshit. And we gonna send this some bitch to the sun? And we kid you not, he does this. When that rocket hits the sun, a literal cosmic fetus baby appears.
1: Fetal position in all. Yeah, and he like, manifests into a full-grown adult.
2: No, he manifests into dollar store Dolph Lundgren.
1: Yeah, um, can I offer some words that Maybe give the movie too much credit, but I would like to think, you know, possibly had was done on purpose. Of course. Okay, so the character of Superman Clark Kent was designed to be reminiscent of the quintessential Jewish person. In fact, he was created by two Jewish men in Ohio, I believe. Cleveland, sir. Okay, there you go. go calves. um, so, and that's the whole idea is that he was an alien from space and all this other stuff. It was supposed to be kind of like the refugees,
2: so like a parallel of real life,
1: basically, pretty much so you've got that history to it, and his his evil half is a blonde haired guy. I'd like to think that there was some form of propaganda within all of that of Germany and the Jews, maybe. I
2: don't think the people behind this movie were smart enough to do that. Okay. Sadly.
1: But but please, can I can I do one nice thing? Mm -hmm. Sure. That that's all I got. Oh, okay. And it's 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 very difficult. I'm reaching. My shoulder hurts, but I think there's something I'd like to think. Okay, we'll give it that. Fuck it. We created history. There
2: we go. This son of a bitch is a glowing ball of energy. However,
1: his one weakness is a dark shadow. Not even like an actual, you know, nighttime, for example. No, 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 no. Literally just shadows.
2: If this dude steps behind a curtain,
1: he is fucked. So, really, all I need is, like, a giant beach umbrella, put it over him, and I've defeated, like, the biggest villain in this universe. Yes. Okay, cool. So, (laughs) (laughs) I am God.
2: (laughs) It's the truth, though. So, when they finally clash, I have to just giggle. He is just moving a bunch of shit around. Like, he takes the Statue of Liberty moves it around. Superman flies after him and gets it back.
1: He's really just inconveniencing Superman. He's
2: just pranking him. Dude, it's like the uh it's like the untitled Goose game. He's just yonk yonking around and just moving shit and just like you said, just inconveniencing Superman. And Superman's just oh, I'm gonna put this fucking shit back here.
1: Like he's not even being a menace. He's just like He's me whenever I was a small child and I would hide my grandfather's remote,
2: but he takes the whole ass Statue of Liberty, which uh, we, we have to point out the shit special effects of any of the flying is just so is just bad. It, it God damn. He, he's flying around this thing. Okay, the Superman gets it back. Nuclear man. I I'm not even I fucking wish to God this was a bit. He scratches him on the neck. Nuclear man scratches Superman on the fucking neck. And and Superman gets defeated from some nail scratches. I thought Superman's skin was impenetrable unless kryptonite.
1: Yeah. Where
2: where to kryptonite at? There's no kryptonite in this movie that I was aware of.
1: There was a green crystal at some point, but. It's a kryptonian energy module, but it's the fucked
2: up part. It's like, why would would his mom and dad leave that for him if it was going to kill him? Um so yeah, he gets his fucking neck scratched and gets the flu. I wish that was a bit also. I'm not kidding. He gets his neck scratched
1: and gets the flu. And then just starts like getting really old for some reason.
2: Yeah, he's like getting real decrepit. His hair's falling out, and he's just white-haired and He suddenly remembers that he's got this energy module and he remembers some kind of monologue and he's just kind of holding it on his chest, leaned over the couch, looking like he's about to vomit. Nuclear man shows up to Metropolis and just kind of starts wrecking ass. And then I don't know where Superman just appears like he's all better. And what?
1: Uh, They just skipped something. Obviously, the editing was just non-existent.
2: Dude, the fucking scene where he is standing there and letting Nuclear Man just blow shit up. And
1: fucking Superman, stop! What are you doing? The people! Dude, he wasn't even trying to stop him. The the line reading, just everything. Everything was wrong. He may
2: as well have just gone, no, what are you doing? Son of a bitch, I gotta put that back now too. No, the people.
1: Dude, I you know Reeve was he had to have known this was terrible.
2: Yeah, and that's the saddest part, too, is because it's Christopher Reeve. You you love the guy. He is probably one of the most convincing Superman actors. Probably the most convincing, and I'm saying this like right now, aside from Cavill, who I think is like a great fucking superman
1: absolutely yeah
2: christopher reeve is probably crying between takes like i can't believe i signed on for this shit but you know he was probably thinking i I just want to do one last hurrah for the fans because that's like the embodiment of like superman kal-el right there he's like you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna put my own pride and bullshit aside for the people no the people like he saw this movie in theaters when they even released it. And he yells at fucking like Manahem Golan and he's yelling at the fucking director, stop this movie! What are you doing? The people! And everybody in the crowd is just fucking crying because this movie sucks so bad.
1: Imagine if he was like, yeah, uh, you know, 30 minutes was cut. It was probably all the good shit too. But that's what I'm saying. Imagine having to stand in front of an audience after this plays. (laughs) And have to justify something, be like, yeah, uh, 30 minutes of this was cut and we didn't have much of a budget, but you know what? We, we, we still got it out to you guys. Imagine that shit. (laughs) I, I just, I just can't. Dude, I really don't know why this was even released. I don't
2: either, man. Look, the end of the movie happens because Superman, I'm not kidding, tricks him into tricks, nuclear man, into getting in an elevator. He shuts the door and punches the power grid on the fucking thing, drags it into space, throws it on the moon. They proceed to have the most schoolyard fight that you've ever seen in your entire life. Okay. Fuck it. Do you remember whenever Timmy and Jimmy had the fight on South Park and Cartman runs in and yells cripple fight? Oh yeah. That fight was better than this bullshit,
1: dude. (laughs) I fucking swear on everything. It really was. And the fact that they had like two or three fights and they were all just as bad.
2: When he buries
1: him in the moon rocks, yeah. like he just like boink, like just just, it's like whack a he's like
2: whack-a-mole him into the fucking rocks. It buries him. I, I just don't, I don't know. Like he busts out of the moon and he flies down, kicks the dude's ass and then fucking drops him in a nuclear power plant and powers the city. What the fuck? Not to mention the fact that old girl that nuclear man flies into space with can somehow breathe in space and she didn't fucking
1: die. Well, I mean, Lois Lane can apparently fly.
2: Oh, god damn. This movie can fly up a monkey's ass. It was really bad. It really fucking was, dude. He sends Lex Luthor back to prison and he sends his nephew to some like reformatory school and Christopher Reeve gets fucking paralyzed by a goddamn horse accident and is never Superman again. This is the last we see of Christopher Reeve as Superman. It's a goddamn tragedy.
1: That it is.
2: Um, I I have... Dude, uh, th- this is up to you. I don't give a fuck who wins out of the two of these because uh, it was just a bad time, man. It was just a bad time for me all around.
1: Dude, at this point, dude... dude do we...
2: How do we even rank this? Fuck it. Do you want to just blow both of these movies up? Yeah. Fuck both of these movies. <laughs> oh, God, it feels so much better. So, yeah, according to us, neither of these goddamn pieces of shit fucking win. They're not even existent anymore because we just blew them up. But if you out there, the listening audience, would like to tell us what movie you thought was better than the other one, please leave us a voicemail at supermediabrospodcast.com or just leave a comment below on this episode because we ain't got shit for this one.
1: No, it was... uh, This was work.
2: I know there's been some ties in the past. This might be the first time in the cult cinema showdown continuity history after almost 100 episodes of this where both movies just did not win. It just didn't matter. It just fucking blew them up. Who gives a shit?
1: Which is wild because like, there's so much to talk about with them and none of it is good.
2: And on that note, please visit supermediabrospodcast.com for past, present and future episodes. Visit oddpodsmedia.com for other shows on the Oddpods Media Network. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you're listening here and you haven't hit the subscribe button yet. Do it. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Good Pods. You know the drill. If you feel so inclined, buy a t-shirt. We yeah. Got, we got merch. Yeah. Think of it as a comfort blanket after having to listen to this bullshit. hmm Follow us on social media. We're most active on Twitter at supermedia bros underscore. You can come chat with us on there. You can leave comments at facebook.com slash supermedia bros. We always have our episodes posted up. Just, just fucking leave a comment below if you want to. And I actually haven't done this in a long fucking time, but if you want to come visit us on Instagram at supermedia bros podcast,
1: come look at our stupid pictures. Yeah. Classic shit.
2: So yeah, if you're still with us, we really appreciate you sticking around because God damn, that was a task and a half for us, and it's just time to get the fuck out of here because guess what? Next week we're gonna come back and talk about Peacemaker.
1: Okay, that's a lot better.
2: And after that, we actually are gonna come back with a big ass, like gaming featured episode. Ooh. Got we got some stories to tell. Like we got some personal stories to tell. We're gonna talk about some games that we're currently playing, some that we're excited for. We might even talk about some wrestling video games that we really enjoyed from our childhood up until now. And, for the first time in a good while, we're gonna actually feature a song from an artist. Uh Oh? Fuck yeah! That you're gonna have to stick around and tune in for that to find out who it is. That's called a cliffhanger, motherfuckers. Yeah. Thank you guys so very much for hanging out with us this episode. This was episode 216, Cult Cinema Showdown 95, Batman and Robin versus Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. So now we're going to go on our quest for peace. Until next week, I've been Richie. I'm Devin. Shades on. We're off.